stargazers. Welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take a topic that is either astrological, related to relationships and romance, or a little bit of both worlds. I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Meisick, and I'm so glad that you guys have joined me for today. So before we get into this week's topic, I just wanted to share with you guys, I don't know about you, but my week this last week was a little crazy. It was on the crazy side, especially when it came to um, actual external relationships with other people outside of my family. So uh, one reason why I'm mentioning this is that we did come up to a lunar eclipse as of Cinco de Mayo on Friday. That lunar eclipse happened outside of Scorpio, constellation of Scorpio. So wherever the lunar eclipse has happened in your chart, um, again, uh, definitely refer to my lunar eclipse episode. It's that time where you just feel like you're being uprooted and then you're being transplanted in a different spot. Uh, this week definitely was one of those weeks for me, even though actually Scorpio occurs outside my fourth house. Um, I had a lot of really bad interactions. I think the first one was at work. Uh, second, second and third interactions were with individuals, um, just kind of around my home. And, um, you know, actually, I think the second one actually ended up with the police being called, uh, paper trail being left, uh, particularly with this individual's employer. And, uh, it was just not a great fun week at all. I know that my um, verbal skills could have used a little bit a little bit more of a tweaking. I know that everyone else's attitudes could have used a bit of a tweaking. I think it was, you know, it started on Monday with my boss. He really wasn't communicating very well. And it was beyond frustrating. It was annoying for me. And uh, I think I, I had um, actually overtly come out. I don't usually do this, but I'd come out and expressed it as I was kind of just at my wits end when it came to it. Um, he was giving a lot of non-answers and um, it was just, you know, lack of communication. At least that was patched over. But the second interaction, I mean, I was just um, really reporting a, a situation that was on parking. I couldn't park near my home. The individual um, ended up stepping onto my property, calling me a nasty name and actually, you know, insinuate that I was racist. And then also flat out called me that I, it called me a racist. Uh, stargazers, I don't really care whether or not something is right or whether or not something is wrong. One thing that I do want to impart to you when it comes to these situations is that words do hurt. And in this situation, this was now different, especially since I'm an individual who tries to stay current uh, when it comes to IPOC issues when it comes to being more inclusive in the community, in, in communities, when it comes to being more inclusive in society. Um, I have been looking to be more inclusive ever since 2007 to 2008. So to go for a low blow, if ever you're in a heated argument and all you're doing is going for low blows as much as you possibly can, um, just kind of realize that you, you're not only losing the battle 
when you go for a low blow, but you lose. I mean, I don't care how much you're, you, how much you want to argue in this case. And in this setting, I know I lost complete. I couldn't even listen to what, what else this guy had to say to me because he called out racist. Okay. Um, I just say this for everybody involved, whether or not it's true, whether or not a term is true or not, words hurt and watch them accordingly. You know, if you're just too heated and you're just too wrapped up in the moment, maybe it's a great time to just step away, or maybe it's a great time to not engage in a conversation or quote unquote conversation, because that's usually what ends up happening when it comes to the situation. So, um, and I mean, this goes for any sort of name calling. Um, it hits below the belt. It actually causes more of an issue than a resolution. I know that um, for those who usually name call, they usually feel very smug. They usually feel very superior. Um, you know, it's it just, it, again, it just hits below the belt. And, you know, you don't actually win. Um, it just, it sets up more. It's, it's kind of like uh, the whole notion of if you start a physical fight and like, say you knock somebody out and you, you think you're the victor, you might be the victor in that one moment, but guess what? That victory is not over or that victory is not the end all be all, or that situation is not over because guess what? That person's going to get back right on up and guess who the first target and who their first enemy is going to be. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be you. And, um, in all honesty, it's, uh, it's not a great situation to be in. And it's the same thing when you go below the belt verbally. Um, you may think you've won the, won the battle, but the other person who was just royally hurt is still seething, is still teeming, and it just becomes an ongoing war all the way around. But yeah, and then there's a third interaction this week. I think it was on the road. I was following road rules. This guy disagreed. He almost, you know, sideswiped me in going about ramp, ramping up at 50 miles an hour and again, calling me a bitch. So, um, I'm kind of glad that the lunar eclipse is over for a fourth house placement. I've had quite a lot of interpersonal interactions. I think the only thing that seems to have made sense was my boss's lack of communication and also somebody stepping on in, near my house to engage in a verbal confrontation. Um, however, um, since the lunar eclipse is now over, it's out of Scorpio, it's like a whew, nice sigh of relief. Um, I would just say I really just hope that um, everyone has cooled down. It just seems like this last week there were tempers flaring. There was a lot of misunderstandings, their words being fired left and right. At least that's what I experienced. Uh, please feel free, Stargazers, to also share your experiences as well, too. Um, on my Instagram feed or on my Instagram uh, page, as well as on, you know, with my email address. But, uh, you know, all the way around, I just hope that things are closed. And I just think that above all, hopefully in the future, we can all kind of watch our words. We can all kind of watch as to how we're coming across. We can all be just a little bit more mindful. Uh, I know for me, a little bit more mi of mindfulness when it comes to anger management um, and also anger impulse control. 
And I think that I'm not the only one in this situation. It seems like a lot of people were affected by anger and a lack of control over a situation. So um, really kind of dealing with that better and really just trying to kind of keep the peace on the earth really all the way around. Um, I know personally, my transplant, I found yoga again. So I'm just seeing how that works out for me. So far, so good. It's been very calming, very soothing. Also, I'm starting a new garden. So I'm hoping that that works out for the best. Just tilled it yesterday, sore is all sore. But I mean, again, um, hopefully we've learned our lessons from this lunar eclipse, however rocky or rough it may be. And hopefully we can just move forward um, and just with a, a nice, better, clearer conscience all the way around. But speaking of new changes, feeling like you're being transplanted, I kind of felt like, I think, um, to be honest with you, with the lunar eclipse happening this last week, I think it's so apropos. Uh, and I felt like my topic was so apropos because I kept feeling like there was a big change happening within this week. And I know with my last couple of episodes, I kept kind of um, circling back around to Saturn Returns. And Saturn returns seem to be rather important for me <laughs> recently. So I just felt like uh, actually this week's episode, it was just perfect to actually um, encumber and also to encompass Saturn returns, what they are and how they affect relationships as well, because they are major when a Saturn return occurs it's a major milestone that actually happens within our lives. And it's not just one major milestone. There are a couple of major milestones that can be made because um, Saturn returns actually happen every 29 years. So usually a lot of um, astrologers kind of focus on 29 years old because that's when somebody officially grows from being young and being a child into actually growing into adulthood. Um, they actually see the Saturn return as really becoming an adult and that trans transition from 29 to 30 as becoming, you know, as growing and reaching into adulthood, which I found to be interesting because, um, you know, first off, that seems apropos um, knowing Saturn returns, but uh, it's really, I think that 29 is a better uh, year, I think, in that regard. We always think of 18 as being that passage or 21 as being that passage into adulthood. But I don't know about you, Stargazers, but when I was 18, I was still a kid, to be honest, even though I was legally an adult. I still felt like a kid. Um, I personally did not really want to face reality when I was still, when I was in senior year of high school. You know, I know everyone else around me really felt that way, um, that they wanted, you know, they wanted to, you know, face the change, face reality. I personally didn't. I wanted to be in the state that I was in for a longer time yet. And especially 21, I still felt like I was a kid. And I still, I felt like I was a kid in the regard that I had no clue about life. I was not in life, really. I was kind of in a sheltered version of life, you know, going to, you know, not only going from high school to college, but, you know, college is just another sheltered institution. It's not really reality. Reality is when you're actually out in it. 
Um, so I really felt like I didn't really know much of anything. So I, I feel like with, and I feel like that's kind of the majority of us as well too. So I find that Saturn return to be actually quite accurate from when we're going from childhood into adulthood as well too. But, you know, um, while astrologers focus on 29 years old, there's also, um, another Saturn return that happens at 58. You know, so a lot of people usually live to be about 100. So we're, we're definitely going to face that sad return when we're in our late 50s. And then I think if I calculate correctly, it was about like 88, like 87 to 88 years of age, uh, possibly 89 years of age. That's another time when um, Saturn will be returning. So all the way around, what is that Saturn return? Now I'm talking about the every 29 years and kind of getting into it. Um, so a Saturn return is basically when Saturn's current transit wheels back around. So we have our natal chart, our Saturn place. We have our Saturn placement in our natal chart where Saturn was when we were born. So what's going on is that current Saturn is actually returning back to either right around the same degree or exactly the same degree as Saturn was in your chart at the time of your birth. Now, like I said, it doesn't always have to be, it's not always on the exact degree. Um, it's it's kind of like with solar returns in that same regard. It's not always on the exact degree. Sometimes it might be a degree or two before or a degree or two after, but either way, it's kind of, it basically, um, current Saturn is basically conjunct your natal position Saturn. And basically that's what constitutes a, you know, a return, so to speak. Um, there's many returns in astrology where like we're most familiar with uh, solar and lunar returns where the sun and the moon hit either exactly or near the degree of your date, you know, in your date of birth, in your birth chart. Um, and those represent other significations. But uh, with the Saturn return, when you are facing that, this is a time of great change. So Saturn in our birth chart represents our preconceived notions and our paradigms, really. So if you're into paradigms and paradigm shifts, um, basically this is a time of a great paradigm shift um, within your chart. So it's basically where we're holding preconceived notions that have worked for us throughout our 20s that actually might have worked for us since childhood. And basically with that Saturn return, we're, we're going to get a revamp. Now, I know what some of the 29-year-olds are thinking. So if you're approaching 29, you're probably, you would probably think the same way I would have thought if I had known about Saturn returns at that time. You probably would think, oh, you know what? I have free choice. I have free will. I'm very special. I will, you know, I'll dodge that Saturn return and I won't change at all. I won't change my, my paradigms. My paradigms are what work for me. And, you know, every, my worldview is what works for me. Everything that I have right now is what works for me. I'll just, I'll, uh, I'll avoid Saturn and I'll, I'll never change. It'll be, it'll be great. Well, um, as much as I love your optimism, uh, actually Saturn will make you change if you choose not to. Uh, what will happen usually is that when it comes to Saturn return, there are people who come into your life that instigate that change. There are also events in life that instigate that change. Now, some of those events could be good, like, you know, a new job 
that requires a different set of requirements than what you're used to. Um, it could just be somebody new in your life who is really more of a mentor and who would expect more of you uh, really than uh, other people have in the past. So that can be a way to instigate change. Sometimes as we're going to discuss with relationships, we do meet people who we think we are, you know, really romantically compatible with. And that relationship in and of itself can also make us change. And really that change kind of happens whether we like it or not. Uh, Saturn is a very stubborn planet. I mean, we it, it's very implicit and how stubborn it is with our birth chart. You know, we have our preconceived notions. We stubbornly hang on to them. We, we don't really let them go very easily. We're not always up for the change that the Saturn return brings. But uh, with Saturn, um, it is that planet of obstacles. It is that planet of challenges. And if you're not going to go with the flow and change with Saturn, Saturn will kind of, Saturn's energies uh, rather, will come in and make that change for you, whether that's shoving someone in your way to where they actually instigate that change, or whether it's shoving different situations um, that cause that change to happen. So uh, with that said, when it comes to change, I know a lot of people get a little bit fearful of that. It's like, oh, man, what, how, how big of a change will, will happen? I mean, will I be a completely new person? Will, will I be completely unrecognizable to myself and to others? And to that, Stargazers, I would say, having gone through a Saturn return myself back in 2012, the answer is actually no. Um, that old self will still be in there. Uh, actually, what makes it a little less daunting to me when it comes to change is that the change really actually occurs. The, so to get an idea of how the change that will occur, take a look at where your, your natal Saturn happens to lie. Like for me, for example, my natal Saturn happens to be in Libra. So my biggest worldview, my biggest paradigms were that relationships were very important to me, you know, having harmonious relationships in, uh, you know, at work. Um, I did not have a lot of friends, but, you know, having harmonious relationships at work were very important to me. Actually, romance and actually finding the right one was extremely important to me at that time. So really kind of getting into the love vibe of Libra, that really kind of played out very much so. And also because relationships were very, you know, peaceful, harmonious relationships were very important to me at that time, uh, actually self-sacrificing my needs you know, really putting my needs on the back burner was also a big thing at that time, too. And then upholding Buddhist values. Um, you know, Buddhism, I, I was studying that since 2009. And uh, it, it was a very, you know, the philosophies of Buddhism were very important to me in upholding peace and structure and, you know, right, I don't want to say righteousness, but just peace and structure in an environment where it seemed to reign and thrive on chaos. So, you know, there, these were my paradigms, if you may, these were my worldviews at this time. What happened with that shift when it did shift was, uh, unfortunately, it happened to be with a very abusive relationship, somebody who not only played Saturn, but someone who also played Pluto. 
and wanted me to conform to his views, his way. Um, if I didn't really go along with the program, he was going to make it happen as opposed to just letting it go, letting me go off to the way, you know, letting me go off to the side. He wanted to make things happen as well. Let's just say I had to spend a couple of months in therapy. But the one thing, the first thing that I learned more than anything from this interaction was a lot of Aries values came to the fore. And Aries values being, being that, you know, your needs are, have to be met before you encompass a relationship. Actually, I learned a lot at that time. I learned a lot about setting boundaries that, you know, when it comes to guys asking out on, out on dates, and I know it sounds kind of stupid and kind of basic, but it's like you have the right to say no. You have the right to have your voice heard. And also you have the right to have a say in the relationship. You know, you, you can set very healthy boundaries for yourself. And a good, uh, sorry, good key and test of this relationship is if that person respects those boundaries. So, um, you know, kind of walking into this, this was very new for me. Um, I, and I know that sounds so simplistic, but I grew up at a time where it's like with guys, if they ask you on a date, you have to say yes anyway. I grew up in a time that was just very different. I mean, in the 90s, it was just like women, you know, cater to men no matter what. They put their needs on the back burner. At least that's what I kind of got out of the 90s or what I got out of my life. And, um, you know, here's this new radical paradigm shift with Aries where it's like you got to consider you in order to consider a relationship. And actually that new change fit in quite nicely with my current paradigm shift or with my current paradigm. And I wasn't a completely new person, but I did mature within that year's worth of time with the Saturn return. So I would say it's more, instead of like a, a year of changes, a year of maturity and also, um, the paradigm shift, I think is a good, um, representation of it. But also synthesizing, um, you know, you're, you're kind of synthesizing old values with new values. And like I said, usually those values happen from across where your Saturn, you know, directly across or in opposition to where your natal Saturn resides. So with this profound change that is happening in our lives, whether we're 29, whether we're 58, whether we're going into our 80s, um, there comes the question. I mean, it's like there's like lots of things happening. Um, it feels kind of like we're being restructured. Um, I would actually say as much as I'd like to quote the tower card, I kind of feel like that's been overquoted when it comes to tarot. So I would say this is a change that is also likened to the death card where we're saying goodbye, you know, and the death card can be just about as profound and as, you know, kind of like transplanty, so to speak, as the tower card can be. Uh, in fact, actually, when I last pulled the death card, um, it was actually before COVID. And uh, talk about change. I mean, here I was, I was expecting to go to work throughout the whole entire time of May of 20, or sorry, not May, March of 2020. And uh, only to have this death card come up and then to see like right in the middle of March, it's like, oh, 
uh, first off, I'm not going to work. Secondly, we're all in quarantine. Um, I mean, in Colorado, we're able to exercise and go outside that way. But, you know, we're all in quarantine. We have to wear masks every time we're going outside or anytime we go to the store. We also at the store had to wear gloves um, we definitely found, I, I mean, I could, I definitely found that with the death card, that was very profound for that time because it was definitely a radical shift. You know, we were saying goodbye to the old norms that we were all living within at that time. I certainly was. And I think what really kind of caused me to feel a little transplanted during the death card was, Oh, I, I get like really super restless when left to my own druthers and left to my own senses and left to myself. So I was really afraid that I would get like really bored and start mischief, my own sense of mischief at that time. So um, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I found different projects to work on. Um, you know, whereas everyone was kind of going for sourdough bread, I was turning to music and writing a little bit more. So uh that I was glad to find that sense of self-care and stability in that time. But, you know, getting back to the Saturn return, you know, it is very much like the death card in the regard that, you know, our normal ways of thinking, our normal ways of life uh, really are changing. Um, they're changing for the better, um, basically, but it can make us feel very transplanted. So as with all questions on this podcast and with all questions um, relating to any sort of um, aspect that is astrological, the question comes down to, should we have relationships in this time or should we just kind of fold and forego? Now, uh, this is, you know, talking about changes and talking about um, Saturn returns and completely changing. I'm going to actually... Um, kind of state something that is not really usual for me on this podcast and is not really part of the course. And also, too, with my research this week, so shout out to the everygirltarot.com um, for having, and I mean, there are a lot of other sites that actually had some content on sign returns and relationships, so I'm not left to my own, you know, not left to kind of go out on my own and branch out on my own with this one. But um, from my experiences with the um, Saturn returns and from what I had seen with my research as well this week, the answer, unfortunately, stargazers is during a Saturn return. I think it best that you fold. And I think it's best that you avoid those relationships. The biggest reason for me um, that I give is that you're already going through massive shifts and it kind of feels actually during a Saturn return. I know in, in 2012, it felt like while I was out on strong ground for a little while, there were many times where that solid ground was not so solid. And there was like, it, it just felt like bricks were kind of like being spit out of the sky almost, or just felt like, um, you know, everything was kind of conspiring against me at certain points. And that was because again, Saturn is that Saturn uh, return is there to sober you up for adulthood. And, um, you know, there were some expectations where I felt like I learned, or I just felt like I put myself in some situations where it was like way too soon to be in those sort of situations that I kind of needed to mature a little bit more in order to 
deal with those situations. And then other situations popped up that were nice and that were great for the change. But uh, because you're already going through such radical changes at this time, you know, and especially with paradigm shifts, that's, that's not something that's light to take. You know, basically you're changing your worldviews, you're changing your perspectives. That, that's not something that's light and airy and that can be worked around. I feel um, at this time, this is usually a time where um, people, I know in relationships, everyone's guilty of this. Um, in relationships, it's usually people don't like to deal with things that are heavy. And Saturn returns bring everything that is heavy to the fore. Um, actually, your life kind of grows a little bit dark at that time and heavy. Now, again, it's not impossible to work through. You can work through this, and that's the whole point of the Saturn return. But, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody, that partner may not have a lot of patience when it comes to dealing with that deep, dark, and heavy aspect of you. And it could be immensely, immensely disappointing and disheartening. And how do I know this? Well, let's just say at 29, I did not know anything about Saturn Returns. Um, this was before I knew anything about natal charts. I just knew about sun signs at that time. Um, it was actually, I was 31 when I started learning about natal charts and how to read them and also aspects and transits and you know, all these, all the lovely things I talk about on this podcast. Um, but at that time, I knew nothing of astrology. And let's just say I carried out two relationships at that time. Um, because I thought that, again, they were very important to me. And uh, let's just say with both relationships, uh, they were very, there was a lot of neglect of my needs and a lot of neglect of me and a lot of I need to conform to the other person in the relationship. And for me, it was it was immensely disappointing because I had this notion of, you know, Prince Charming, Sir Lancelot, Mr. Darcy coming in on his nice white horse and sweeping me away. And here I was, I was dealing with a bunch of assholes. And it was, it was not, it was definitely a very disenchanting time, especially when I was in the abusive relationship. It was like, after that, I kind of, I felt like I lost all hope when it came to relationships. Um, stargazers, I just say the reason why I kind of steer away from relationships or steer people away from relationships is that I would hate for you to come to the same place that I came to. You know, where I went from being very naive and very hopeful to being just the opposite, being very cynical, being very embittered, and really having the bleakest viewpoints ever when it comes to relationships because of that devastatingly um, abusive relationship. So what I would say is, you know, maybe steer clear and really, you know, take this time to learn the lessons that are coming to you. You know, you know, this is, this is kind of like a blessing in disguise. Just take this time to kind of, you know, maybe use the energy to, you know, invest in a new career or, you know, take the time and energy to invest in a new life and a new lifestyle. But I would say new relationships have to be off the table. That that's at least my, my viewpoint, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's not advised. Uh, according to tarot.com, Another reason why I feel like relationships should be ill-advised 
is that during a Saturn return, usually you meet a lot of people where you think they're well-intentioned and you think they're, they're really great, especially in relationships. And it's not uncommon. They basically tarot.com had mentioned it's not uncommon for your sweetie to actually play Saturn as well. What this means is that Saturn is a very rigid planet. He doesn't like change. And as we covered in the Saturn episode, usually what happens when it comes to somebody playing Saturn is that, you know, they'll instigate some change at the beginning. But once you start changing and once you start losing your naivete, kind of like um, I think I referenced Sir Laurie Olivier and uh, Ingrid Berkman's relationship in Rebecca in the Saturn episode. But yeah, she was you know, with uh, Ingrid Berkman. She was losing her naivete um, in a way she was kind of growing up and she was actually getting like finer perspectives on her life. And of course, Sir L uh, Lawrence Olivier, I can tell this was a completely Saturnine relationship in the regard they turns to her and states, Oh, you've lost your innocence. Whatever happened to your innocence? I loved your innocence. Well, you little jerk, you kind of wiped it out of her. You kind of beat it out of her, especially when you with your hot temper. Um, you know, that's usually where a Saturnine relationship tends to go is that, you know, at first your, um, you know, your changes are accepted, but then your, um, the, your significant other or your sweetie, so to speak, tries to control and narrow and box you in, um, in the relationship. I've also noticed that during a Saturn um, return, either somebody plays Saturn or someone also plays Pluto in the relationship. So playing Pluto would mean that um, this person is basically w willing to accept you, kind of suck you into their world. But once you're in their world, they don't want you to change. They want you to conform to their standards. And if you don't, they will force you to do so anyway. You know, they'll force you to do so. They'll drag you through the mud. They'll abuse you. They'll gaslight you. They'll do whatever it takes to get you to conform to their will and to their way. Now, how this sounds, um, I mean, with a Saturn, you know, somebody playing Saturn or somebody playing Pluto, that doesn't sound too great. It actually, um, for me, that sounds like a real, you're, you're coming, basically, it's not uncommon to come into an abusive relationship. And the reason that tarot.com mentions is that, um, you know, for playing Saturn, this guy is kind of testing you to really change in the relationship or to really change and know what you really want in life. Now, I'm sorry, nobody should be playing Saturn in a relationship. First off, that's a, an abusive relationship right there. And no one should be inspiring you to change. No one should be the sole reason for you to change. You should be making those changes on your own. So already, you know, the fact that it's it's dependent upon your sweetie to make the changes for you, that's also a very toxic, abusive relationship. And since that's all that seems to be what's coming into life, I feel like that's that's another reason to fold. Um, other reasons that tarot.com had mentioned is that normally this is a time during a Saturn return where a lot of people usually either go into really quick relationships, they either come into great marriages, only to come out of a Saturn return with a divorce. And that actually is not too uncommon when it comes to relationships because 
you know, you valued different things before the relationship began and before your Saturn return happened. However, when that Saturn return starts to, again, because you're going through massive internal shifts, the same things that you love this person for when you married them are not the same things. You know, they just don't have the same, the same manner, the same swagger, the same sort of charm that they used to have. And I would say instead of, you know, having to go through divorce court, which is also very traumatic and really um, costly and just very painful all the way around. Um, so having to go through divorce court and having to go through all that, again, just kind of, I would just say, sit, sit on the sidelines as well. The every girl had also mentioned in the same vein, um, you know, the more that you change, either your partner or you will also start to pull away because of those massive, inter I think it's usually you'll start to pull away because again, the attraction is not the same in the relationship. So I think that's also another reason for why. All the way around with all the resources that I came up to, um, either massive, like kind of cataclysmic changes tend to happen in the relationships or, um, you know, you're just coming into very, um, you know, abusive sort of relationships. But it, it's really that type of, you know, relationships are definitely tested if you go into it during a Saturn return. And, uh, you know, if, if you decide that it's like, oh, well, you know, like I said, I, I will forgo Saturn and I'm special and I'll go ahead and go into a relationship anyway. I think I'm going to warn you, Stargazers, that these relationships will be tested. Your metal will be tested. And what you will put up with as opposed to what you won't will also be tested as well, too. It's going to be a big, huge, it's going to feel like a big, huge exam or it's going to feel like a big, huge test on you and on your life as well, too. And sometimes it feels like it's a test that you really never win at or that you really never pass or you really never excel. It will be kind of frustrating. Um, if you do decide, kind of like with me, when I was 29 years old, no one could tell me what, um, you know, I, I would just say if you're 29 and going through this Saturn, uh, Saturn return, one thing that I would recommend is if you're just like, nope, I'm going to forgo all this. I'm going to go into a relationship anyway. Well, um, one thing I would advise more than anything is don't go off your attraction and don't go off of chemistry. Don't make the same mistakes I made and just go for chemistry. Um, actually try to find somebody who will be understanding and who also garners a lot of patience. And not patience in the Saturnine, Saturnine way. Not saying that they're patient to your face to placate you, only to find that they're very impatient as you get into the relationship. And I think you guys know those types. Those types that'll, that'll say, oh, I have vast amounts of patience until, like, say, the check needs to come to the, to the dinner. You know, like, say you're out going out to dinner and say the check still needs to come, and then this person completely counteracts what they've just said by tapping their foot or drumming their fingernails and obviously displaying impatience. And trust me, I've actually experienced that in relationships. Now, actually find somebody who actually displays patience. That's how I see genuine patience playing out as opposed to fake patience. 
um, somebody who actually displays it every day. You know, they listen very calmly. They're listening more than they are talking. They're actually, um, you know, kind of more invested in people. Um, I would say try, you know, again, try to find those who are gentle and those who are willing to listen um, for the relationship because you're going to need lots of that, <laughs> especially when changes are occurring. Um, you know, you're going to have to have somebody who's going to be patient, who's going to endure all these changes that are going to be coming up for you. And you're going to need somebody who's going to listen to you when all these changes are coming up for you and you need to like, say, discuss them. You know, that's, that's kind of like what we, we tend to do when we're going through massive changes is that we like to discuss our, or we like to discuss things with our significant other. So um, definitely find that person who will be more supportive of you um, when it comes to this. And like I said, the best way to know is somebody who is going to be openly listening a lot and someone who's going to do more listening than talking and someone who's actually going to be really like be there for more than just themselves in the relationship. And I'm going to say stargazers, and I know this is going to sound really cynical and I'm very sorry, but good luck in finding that person because especially during a Saturn return, um, that person can be very hard to find. Um, I think that's, you know, if you do find that person, don't be surprised if Saturn's energy kind of tests that as well, too, in the relationship. Um, usually Saturn kind of butts in with his energy and usually tests everything within that relationship big time to the max. For those of you who are going to be maybe like 58 or who are going to be turning like 88 or 89, I would say um, definitely, I feel like when you're 58 or when you're older, you don't mind taking a back seat. You don't mind having, not having relationships. So I would just say definitely take this time. And, you know, for those for 29 who can, who can handle this, take that. I would just say definitely take the back seat as much as you possibly can. Um, I, I would say this is a good time just to grow wiser, just to grow more mature and just to kind of enjoy that journey. Um, or just to even, you know, sit back and endure that journey as it comes along as well, too. But yeah, um, unfortunately, I, like I said, I hate to be the wet blanket in this episode, but no, no relationships. And I think the biggest takeaway that I can give to you stargazers as well is if you should happen, like I said, if you want to forgo this episode, and that's okay, um, just be very careful and um, be a little more discerning when going into relationships as well. Well, um, with this all said, Stargazers, now that I've been officially the nice wet blanket, um, I do hope that this was um, very valuable to you, um, especially if you are coming up to encompassing and going on that journey of that Saturn return. Um, definitely hit me on my social as well as my email uh, messaging system. You can, um, you know, kind of message me at Misek, um, M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra at gmail.com. Or you can also take a look at my Instagram page and also contact me there, um, especially if you guys have different perspectives on Saturn returns and relationships 
or with this lunar eclipse that had just occurred. Um, if you guys have had some really interesting, wild situations and stories that you would like to share. And also, um, I will be making a necessary change coming here soon with patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology. Um, you know, I'm actually going to make that change where if you guys become a member that I will have some exclusive podcast episodes. So that will be coming soon. Definitely check out patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology for that new update as well. But above all stargazers, um, don't be afraid to look up at the stars. Um, we're looking at the origins of astrology when we do so. Right now, as I'd mentioned earlier, we're actually going through a full moon. Um, right now, that full moon has shifted from Scorpio, um, where it was on Friday, into Sagittarius. So we're moving from deeping, probing energy, especially that kind of, I feel like that the full moon kind of goes right into my psyche and into my subconscious um, during this time or during the time of Scorpio, um, you know, especially full moon in Scorpio. But yeah, we're moving from that to a more lighthearted energy, more exploratory energy where we can explore new things and, you know, kind of have a lot more fun, more adventure. So that's definitely something that's exciting to kind of um, have illuminated in the sky as well. But above all stargazers, um, with this lunar eclipse that just happened, I really do hope to find you guys well. I know I'm doing well to mind my own business and really calm my reactions as much as possible since I noticed I was pretty reactive during this last week. So um, that's kind of on my front, but I do hope that everyone else is well and that um, the lunar eclipse hasn't really completely rattled you too much on that one. But uh, between now and next week, Stargazers, I hope to find each and every one of you nice and well. And until then. <laughs>